Squirrel Flight was about to follow when she heard a low voice call her name. She glanced back. Crowfeather was still standing in the shadow of the bushes. Squirrel Flight, I wanted to ask you, he began. Webfoot thrust his head out of the bushes. Crowfeather! I'll be there in a moment, Crowfeather called back. Squirrel Flight, listen, he began again. But Firestar had paused at the foot of the slope. Come on, Squirrel Flight. Can't this wait until the gathering? Squirrel Flight mewed to the Wind Clan warrior. I've got to go. Crowfeather took a step back, his tail drooping in disappointment. Okay, I guess it can wait. Webfoot called out again, and with the last frustrated look at Squirrel Flight, Crowfeather turned away. Squirrel Flight bounded after her clanmates. She still couldn't believe the way One Star had spoken to her father. Any new leader would want his clan to be strong and independent, but surely he couldn't have forgotten everything he owed to Firestar. If that's the way One Star wants it, she thought as she caught up to her clanmates, then fine. It didn't do us any favors to be his allies, but he'll be sorry in the end when he needs ThunderClan's help again. heck out of me yeah, while I was right. reading this book. Well, okay, there were a lot of things, but this one was, like, really irritating. Alright, lay it on me. Okay. One star. Oh my god. Literally, one freaking one star. Oh, this, guy this guy was so irritating Jesus the entire Christ. time. Like, he was just he like, was always, hey, you know, like, I, I on everybody's Thunder case, Clan it didn't now, make any sense. Because, like, Firestar literally died for him back in the forest, you know, right? Like, what's his freaking problem? It doesn't, he's just such a freaking crap, man. It doesn't, I never understood why he does this thing to himself. Sorry, were you saying something? I <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Okay, so there's like, uh, what it reminds me of is like, there's this um, part in Community, uh, which I have to assume is like a plotline borrowed from Friends. I haven't seen Friends. Oh, me neither. Well, yeah, I know you haven't. We're the same person. <laughs> um, but but uh, in Community, there's this like one me episode too. where uh, the main character, Jeff Winger, receives a drunk uh, voicemail, voicemail from another main character, Britta Perry. And uh, what happens is throughout the episode, uh, Jeff realizes that he can't make the same like playful banter with her because now the power dynamics in their relationship are off because you know he's got like this upper hand and uh, she feels inadequate. So the rest of the episode is like him trying to find a way to restore that power balance, mm -hmm. and eventually the only way that he does it is by um, it's the like he, getting super drunk and leaving yeah. her a voicemail in return so that like the tables are. Are even and it feels really stupid like at, whenever, whenever I'm watching that episode yeah. it's definitely one of my least favorite episodes in community I think partially mm -hmm. because like I think Jeff and Britta was a really boring pairing um, oh, second of all I think uh, it, it's like it feels a little bit too sitcom-y mm -hmm. um, which 
I guess was like part of the point of early community uh, yeah. was that it was like trying to it had to be a sitcom before it, it could start breaking the mold and, and playing around with sitcom conventions. But like at the same time, it felt like too hackneyed. Like I think that's literally hackneyed like a, is a, is a, a stereotype plot where yeah. it's like, oh, you saw me naked, so now I have to see you naked, kind of it's thing, so right? Stupid. It's stupid. Nobody likes that. I don't like it. I didn't <laughs> yeah. have a good time. And, uh, to me, that's like uh, that was basically like the one star plot in mm-hmm. summation. It was like. Well, ThunderClan saw WindClan naked, so now, you know, WindClan has to see ThunderClan naked. So WindClan spends the entire time being awful to ThunderClan and, oh like, being God. really needlessly combative um, because, yeah. you know, One Star was, you know, he made the mistake of being too vulnerable in the last book, and he doesn't want to repeat that. Um, but now, you know, he swings too far in the other direction where it's, it's like, so I can't good. believe ThunderClan is continuing to be nice to everybody. How oh dare God. they? You guys are idiots, you're fools, you're weak. Like... I, I saved this passage, right? Because I thought it was important. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. One star jumped to his paws. What sort of a clan leader are you? He growled. Aren't you ashamed that you needed help from another clan? You too, he added, rounding to Leopard Star. River Clan has its own medicine cat. Why did you have to go crawling to Thunder Clan? And it's like, Dude. literally, like two books ago, you were like Wait, saving. The, Thunder the, Clan was saving everybody's was lives. Great Maybe journey. just like at this point, admit that perhaps the clans are better united than it's they are the divided. Thing. Like, I don't know, man. Seems like a wild, yeah, wacky kind of. A little bit too crazy to it's say. It's stupid. It is stupid. No, I agree. It, it, like, there was this other yeah. part that bothered me, and I saved it too, because, you know, I, we're the same <laughs> I person. I saved it, yeah. Um, one star took a pace forward, his claws scraping on the bark. Look up at the moon, he rasped. Do you see clouds covering it? No, it's shining brightly, and that means Star Clan agrees with what I'm saying. And it's like, first of all, shut up. And second of all, that's a logical fallacy, right? That's post hoc yeah. ergo propter hoc. Yeah, Just because oh. the moon is shining brightly doesn't mean that Star Clan agrees with you in the same way that just because the old forest was destroyed doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Star Clan hates you. There are yeah. some things that we have learned recently Star Clan doesn't have very much control over. And right. I'm surprised that somebody who was there at the very same gathering where quote-unquote star clan apparently stopped tiger uh, tiger stars you know evils from being revealed back in book yeah, six yeah. to uh, assume the same kind of control over the weather because it was a storm right it wasn't star clan yeah, it, it was, was like storm. oh we got to stop firestar from saying his thing otherwise you know tiger star might gain more clout no it was a storm. Uh, it, that was a storm star clan yeah. doesn't have control and it feels so weird to see them assuming blindly that they do just because a tree fell over and killed mudclaw yeah, I, I think the um, the other fallacy that it might be is, is begging the claim, depending <laughs> on uh, how you interpret it, That's right? That's a good because, point, yeah. Um, for example, there are plenty of reasons why there wouldn't be any clouds in the sky, and yeah. in order to use uh, Star Clan as yeah. part of your argument, you first have to prove that Star Clan is the reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there could be, you know, maybe the air is sinking slowly instead of rising and cooling. Maybe there is a different kind of pressure. Uh, and the area is under, you know, a different kind of wind pattern. And yeah. you would think that a cat from Wind Clan would be the kind of cat to know that amongst, <laughs> like, li- literally, like the leader of Wind Clan would probably have the most insight as yeah. to why or why not there are clouds in the sky. But no, apparently he wants to just pretend that it's Star Clan mm, saying that his ideas right. are good, even though his arguments are full of fallacies, yeah. and he is ignoring the dying wish of his last leader. Like, again, <laughs> Tall Star. Was like, hey, I'm gonna die, so I want one star to be in charge, 
And I want one star to be in charge because I know that these BFFs may be in a relationship of some sort with Firestar, and Firestar is a good friend to Wing Clan. Like, did you? Come on! Like, it just—he's uh, so irritating in this book, and it makes me really upset because, like, I liked One Star a lot. I liked him. Back when he was one whisker, I thought, oh, this is really nice. They've got, like, a great friendship going on. Like, Firestar literally died for him. Come on. Why are we so upset? I'm upset because it's character assassination. Like, I'm not going to stand for this kind of thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We are complaining a whole lot, aren't we? I mean, yeah. Sorry, you want me to not complain? (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I think that this brings up a really interesting uh, question, at least for me, about what the Warriors series is going to be like moving forward after the new prophecy. Because, especially in this book series, it seems like every other paragraph is slightly devoted to wondering why the clans are all returning to their former rivalries, and I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. Like, why is that happening? We so clearly see like, something very positive in all of the clans staying together. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the longer this stuff goes on, the less sense it makes that everybody is trying to, like, you know, maintain their individuality. Like, it was pretty clear that people could still, or cats could still maintain their individuality while, like, helping each other out. Like, that that doesn't seem to be as much of an argument anymore. And, like, to think that there are going to be, like, eight more series where cats are still, like, fighting over boring stuff like territory and feeding rights and stupid crap like that like it's it's kind of ridiculous to think especially now that we've like gotten a perspective of what it's like when everybody is together and it's like oh that's kind of nice you know yeah and the fact that like they keep talking about like Mm -hmm. in the the internal monologue the fact that they're always circling back to like wow it sucks that we're not friends anymore it's like yeah it really does suck but the fact that you're talking about it so much makes me think that something about that is going to change while consciously as somebody who read this series while i was younger and i have the memories uh, that it doesn't change. I, I'm like, why are you leaving this part in? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, they say that editing uh, or writing isn't hard. It's just crossing out all of the wrong words, right? Mm-hmm. And editing Oscar is Wilde. a lot like that. You are finding the wrong words to cross out. Um, Basically, yeah. And so, as somebody who is like literally an author of a published book that you can go find on Amazon if you want, and I do mean if you want, because like yeah, I was 18 <laughs> when I wrote it. That's an okay. that's an 18 like, year old's book. It's not yeah. like Spencer's book. It's it's a book written by an 18 year old. Yeah. Um, so interpret that as you will. Like it's fun for sure, and I, I think that it's like got some good parts, but like mm-hmm. it's not a masterpiece. Let's talk about Warriors um, now. Yeah. Okay, my, my point is that like yeah. it feels like a lot of the the internal monologue is just filler, and it's kind of frustrating because. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I expect the internal monologue to be meaningful or something. You know, maybe that's just because all of my thoughts feel pretty meaningful to me. Um, But I I just wish that there was more that was coming out of it, you know? Yeah, I I see where you're coming from, and I I agree. It feels like if this is something that's going to be touched on a whole bunch, then uh, that makes sense that they're leaving it in. But they're not touching on it anymore. The meaningless rivalries and and meaningless bloodshed and countless deaths are going to continue, and the fact that they're just continuing to talk about this, even though nothing is going to change, speaks to a poor editing decision. Definitely, Um, definitely. And 
It's, like, frustrating to read. I don't know. That's just, like, a really irritating thing to read. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I do want things to change. Like, as I read that, I'm like, yeah, all of this sucks. I, I, we can't... It's hard to talk about without getting yeah. like, too, too circular. We, we've spoken... But, like, it sucks that everybody has to just die for no reason. It'd be great if we could all be friends. Yeah, you know, like before. So why aren't you doing that? Because yeah. that was done in the past and it didn't seem that hard. It's... it's, it's but whatever. Yeah. I guess there's, we're like getting to a point now where the, mm-hmm. the logic circuits of my adult brain are starting to break down the book, yeah. and like, I'm not enraptured by the childlike wonder that I once was, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to like, analyze it, and I'm like, ooh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, why are Stormfur and Brook here? I feel like that wasn't really something that we, <laughs> I like we, uh, and we were Brooke. missing, but I mean, you know, I'm glad, I kind of like Stormfur, I think Brook yeah. is okay. Yeah. Um, but why though? Like, you know, is, is it just because we need an extra love interest for Squirrel Flight? <laughs> because now we gotta uh, break it into like the oh, come on. love come quadrangle. On. First of all, Stormfur is not a love interest for Squirrel Flight. He just thinks that he is. And second of all, he's got Brooke now. So like, why <laughs> does he care about Squirrel Flight? I, well, I, I should think. I, th- I think uh, this this is probably like. I, tying into the last book like right we've oh, got to pretend wow. that there is something worth building up to after three books of absolutely nothing right we've discovered the lake <laughs> yeah. cats have settled in uh, and now we have to think about you know the future what's the antagonism between brambleclaw and hawkfrost how mm-hmm. is brambleclaw going to return to being good guy you know yeah, wonder guess. how that's going to happen wonder yeah, what the, the prophecy means blood will mm. spill blood jeez mm. that could be anything oh oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Spencer, I love you. Thank you. I think you're very handsome. I Thank think you you're very worth much. talking to. Thank you. But I gotta tell you, if you want more people to be on this podcast, you're going to have to start pretending to like the books a little <laughs> bit more. Okay. Uh, we, that's a fair point. We've got like 20 minutes left before we've got we have 20 to stop. minutes. Oh my god. Do you have 20 minutes of content worth about t- midnight to talk about? I mean, you would know the answer better than I would. I mean, do you mind if I spoil it? I feel like that might be bad manners to a certain extent. Honestly, go for it. The sooner we get through this, the better. Okay, the answer is no. We spend like 10 <laughs> minutes talking about leaf pool and mothling, and then uh, we get talking about grocery store anecdotes. <laughs> that i guess well uh let's talk about leaf pool and mothwing then huh all right get out your uh, violin for starters Ooh, um, are we singing yeah later on though <laughs> uh so i come on it, it, one of the <laughs> another really frustrating things about this book was yeah. the obvious like there is so much chemistry between leaf pool so and mothwing that like insane. the fact that leaf pool is into crow feather in the first place feels like a huge insult to anybody who is reading this book <laughs> it's a with slap any in level the face. of reader comprehension yeah right? it's absurd yeah i remember there was this one passage it's like squirrel flight turned back to look for leaf pool and saw her racing across the shore to join hawk frost's sister mothwing <laughs> who was the river clan medicine cat the beautiful golden tabby twined her tail with she leaf twined pools, her excitedly tail. telling her something that Squirrel this Flight was too far away to hear. This is like this is the kind of stuff that like uh, if this was put out in the nineties, the official <laughs> English dub would be like, "Oh yeah, they're cousins." Uh, like the, that's Moon just stuff. insane. Yeah. They're literally like she has a sleepover at Leaf Pool's place at one point in this book, and it's like, come on. I mean, t- come t- t- 
I, I agree song. with your frustration. You know the you know the song to that, be that fair, we think about whenever we okay. like, read about this kind no, of no, stuff. No, let's it's talk if about I something else. By Towns and Van, Towns. Wait, is this the bit? We'll, we'll circle back to it. My point is. Well, well, before we do that, can I, let's just like. What? what? They I mean, are basically in-laws, what? aren't they? Because like Squirrel Flight ends up with Brambleclaw. Big surprise, by the way. Shocker, oh, yeah. everybody. Who could have seen um, that coming? Squirrel Flight ends up with Brambleclaw, which makes, uh, which I don't think it makes them cousins, but it's like it's she's her, her half-sister-in-law uh, at that point, right? Spencer, I love you, but like this oh. is semantics, right? Okay. <laughs> That's they're in love, all right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're half in-laws these, or whatever these like books in-laws do... are related by blood anyways yeah these books do Idiot. border on they're in uh, love and they're far more incest. in love than brambleclaw and squirrel flight are yeah if anything i think that the couple that deserves the most rule bending would be leaf fool and mothwing because <laughs> like they mothwing they, writes, they yeah. complement each other right leaf fool they can do. see star clan and mothwing has the confidence and <laughs> and charisma <laughs> exaggerated swagger of a middle-aged you know new york man or something okay like that, that's a know? that's a fair point that actually every time i read about this uh this couple and i i'm sure you feel the same thing because you're yeah. uh, the same person as me but like i get this uh there's this the song by Towns Van Zandt. Towns Van Zandt, that oh, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I keep like yeah. messing up the pronunciation of that. Yeah, I know exactly. He's got like what you're a similar name to uh, Stephen Van Zandt. Yeah, who's in like, the Sopranos. If I need like, you, also great a song. So it's uh, like, for those of you who don't know, that, it's basically right? like, if I oh. need. Oh, we're oh, that's why you told me to get out the fiddle. Okay. You come to me. Would you come? I definitely see where you're coming from in regards to their relationship. I do think it is like the best written one in the books. Definitely, um, almost without so far, a doubt. at the very yeah. least. And uh, it's really frustrating that like they aren't together because it feels like they should be. Like they have actual development. They've earned um, it. They, you know, Leaf Fool is is keeping secrets from Mothwing. Mothwing is keeping secrets from her. But you know, despite that, they talk about it. They talk through them, and eventually they they come to some sort of reconciliation. And it feels like it should be like. That's a that's a real friendship, honestly, and it, it could be more than a real friendship if they weren't cowards who were too afraid to put uh, LGBT representation in their uh, books. But I guess that they are at this point in history. Maybe yeah. it's better later on. I sure hope that it is, because this is really frustrating to read. Like it, <sighs> especially when you're faced with other, you know, these these uh, very compulsory heterosexual relationships that are just really awfully written and mm-hmm. not fun at all to read. And like this is a breath of fresh air, and it's annoying that they're not like together. One of the things that I really like about uh, Leafpool and Mothwing is that, like, their relationship is, as you said, founded on, like, very real things. Like, with Crowfeather, it's, like, a question of, like, uh, you know, are we gonna, we have to leave the clans in order to be together. And with Leafpool and Mothwing, like, they're basically content to do whatever they want 
within plain sight of everybody because they're medicine cats. There were 22 right? no, so That's got to be a pretty yeah. nice uh, feeling. Like, there, there isn't... Um, I mean, obviously, the stakes would still be real if they were to pursue it seriously, but, like, at the very least, they can very openly show this kind of affection, mm -hmm. and uh, they can very openly continue to be friends. Like, with Crowfeather, right, there's basically no reason why Leafpool would ever care about a Wind Clan warrior or be within his presence, which makes it a lot harder for them to see each other and exaggerates the circumstances of... Um, their, their togetherness meeting. yeah but with uh leafpool and mothwing it feels a lot more organic um for that relationship to develop because mm -hmm. they can see each other they do see each other fairly regularly and they can be friends and, and allow that friendship to blossom into something else like there aren't any there aren't any grand gestures yeah it's just you know two girls hanging out you know getting to know each other really well and and being cool and stuff and i i like that a lot like in the song you know it's uh i would if you if i needed you would you come to me they would they would come to each other. They frequently do come to each other, you know, and, and that's really nice to see because, like, it's not, uh, the, the stakes aren't so ridiculously high all the time that it makes the romance seem absurd. It's just like, I don't know, they, they're there for each other when they need each other, and I really like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I think that's um, part of, like, when with a lot of these uh, romances, I would say so far, like, the best interclan romance uh, that we've seen in canon so far is Grey Stripe and Silverstein because... <laughs> There isn't much you know, competition. Like between like right it, now. It's, it's between that and like one or two others at this yeah. point. Like there aren't there aren't so many quite yet. But yeah. like you get this really nice um I don't know, like obviously Graystripe's behavior towards uh Fireheart is like pretty bad within it's, that it's a little context. Jacked, yeah. But like, but like it's a lot better that he is like actually pretty frequently sneaking out of the clan to go see Silverstream. Yeah, like at least he looks as for opposed her. to like, just like looking at her once or twice and spending the rest of his time being insatiable. Like, with Blue Star, <laughs> she spent one night with Oakheart, and I guess that's, like, part of the inherent tragedy of Blue Star. Like, nothing oh, in her God, life was, was easy. So Everything was difficult yeah. and so sad. But, like, uh, that relationship didn't feel organic for a lot of reasons, and probably the, the most of which was, like, she she met Oakheart once and spent the rest of her life fantasizing about him, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's really He's not annoying. like a boy like band. The, when with with these two, like they see each other regularly, and with like Crowfeather and and Leafpool, they saw each other a bunch on the journey, but they didn't really have feelings for each other then. It was only like in the interim period after the journey, while they were still getting sorted into their clans, that it like kind of developed, which doesn't yeah. really make any sense. Like if you're going like, to develop a relationship, develop it on the freaking journey, you know? Yeah, because like now it's just like at least it, within like the context of storytelling. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. It feels like mm -hmm. there's a, a ridiculous like they're bending over backwards. You could just say pheromones, and I would get it. But like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like literally in the last book when Crowfeather was like, "I love you," I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, like, you met her like any... twice. Yeah, there was absolutely no setup to this, there wasn't. and like at the, the, you should still be getting over Feathertail to be honest. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, everybody grieves at their own rate, and for a while, uh, Crowfeather was getting over Feathertail, but, like, there, yeah, there's it's, it's the, the just, refractory it, yeah. period here just doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> it should be at the journey. Like, that, that would make the yeah. most sense for the drama. Like, imagine, if you will, uh, they Crowfeather comes back, he's, I don't know, maybe he's confused, maybe, like, during the initial journey, he's, mm -hmm. like, got, uh, spending Where a lot of time with Squirrel Flight, 
uh, and he's like starting to f- develop feelings for her, but not as much as for, for Feathertail. Yeah. And Feathertail dies, and uh, he's confused, and he comes back, and he sees Leafpool, and he's like, oh, Leafpool, I'm into now. And then they spend the journey, you know, starting to develop feelings for each other. They go to the cave, and Leafpool and, and Crowfeather starts to, like, feel hurt because he feels like he's dishonoring Feathertail's memory. Like, it mm-hmm. just makes more sense for them to yeah. put that plot line here. It'd yeah, give it, it more. Does. Like, er, a, yeah, move it up earlier. It'd give it more time to develop. Like it would uh, yeah. make it make more sense. Like, I don't know. I guess this is just one of the many issues of the second arc, spending the last three books flying by the seat of its trousers. Is that, like, all yeah. of this just feels really arbitrary and dramatic for pointless reasons. Um, <laughs> and, like, it's a... fine if you want drama. You know, I just would rather that the drama come from some of the more organic places. Less, like... I don't know, uh, teen romance and more like uh, maybe the tribe of rushing water isn't very happy about the way that the clan cats were being all kind of imperial on them. Maybe Mm -hmm. the clan cats want to indoctrinate more members of the tribe of rushing water, you know, and maybe we're going to see some of that with Stormfur and Brooke, but like, I feel like it would have been better if that had happened earlier because we had seeds planted for that. Like we had the weird sort of xenophobic reactions of the warrior cats when they met the tribe for the first time and for the second time. And it's like, well, you know, maybe we can... I don't know, play yeah. off of that some more instead of deciding that, uh, you know, drawing names out of a hat and saying these two characters are in love now. <laughs> God, that is how they do it, isn't it? It's it ridiculous. is basically how they do it. It is ridiculous. Uh, I, I just, well, I don't know. I guess this is like one of the, the perils comorbid with wanting to write a more uh, character romance focused story as word. opposed to one that's more to do with you know, like, the epic struggle between right and wrong, good and evil, and so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah. it's just kind of frustrating um, coming from the first series. And I know that it, it eventually, the focus does sort of shift back to yeah, with power uh, epic struggles between right and wrong and increasingly arbitrary Star Clan battles. But, like, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, They're called Clyde at the time being, now. it's just annoying. And I'm not very uh, keen on this particular direction wherein the book uh, takes its place. Yeah, um, I feel you there. I understand. I think the like maybe the only like actually well done subtle thing in this book was the badger attack, yeah, which uh, actually was kind of interesting like for it, sure. It had like yeah. lead up, lead up and but, let down and stuff. You no, know, was it was it not noteworthy? Not particularly. Like yeah, it, it felt no, it um, kind of a thing that happened. I, I guess know. that was like the big excuse was... for why uh, Wind Clan gets to be good guys. Yeah, again. yeah, but like it's it's it, it wasn't mm-hmm. very much. I. It kind of, okay, this is going to seem like a weird poll, but um, I was at the grocery store the other day. <laughs> yes, I know. I told I know, you. I, I told I was at the you to the grocery store. store the and um, yeah. I, I, I've spent like the last nine months or so. Uh, it's 11 now. Or I guess 11 months yeah. uh, now. God, it has been 11 months. 11 months uh, living <sighs> yeah. my life in the hopes that nobody else gets infected by this terrible virus that's been taking over the world, right? Yeah, it's awful. Nobody mm-hmm. likes it, but you know that's our duty. It's it's a moral failing obligation uh, of our governments to uh, make it that the struggle has gone on this long. But as its uh, tenants, we have to continue uh, pursuing the better good for everything right now. Yeah, right. So I'm at the grocery store uh, <laughs> for like my one walk a, a week, um, yeah. so that I can pick up some groceries, some spinach, because you know I love spinach. You love spinach, yeah, you really do. Um, and and. Yeah. I was like starting to I was standing in line and there was this fellow who was like, getting way too close to me, right? Behind me. Yeah. 
and uh, I was like just about to get my I was like keeping the two distance because I understand that like nobody else keeps the two meter distance but like I want to do it because like that's my prerogative so you know and, and it's not like anybody in line is going to jump in front of me because you know they're British that's not what they do mm-hmm. um so I was like doing the two meter distance and there was this guy getting too close to me and like I could feel something of his poking me from behind so when I start putting my stuff on the conveyor belt and he moves up closer I like turn around and I'm like hey two meters and in that moment, like, I felt so flooded with power because, like, the I spent the last 11 months, you know, granted, you know, I, I'm doing my best, but I haven't spent the last 11 months reminding other people to do their best because, like, I'm mm-hmm. always scared of being, like, the stick in the mud that Ooh. somebody's going to, like, challenge Liberal and, and like, write on Facebook about their Lidl. epic poem yeah. uh, that they managed to, you know, t- talk the, down a, yeah, a COVID denier or something stupid. like that. Uh, and I, I don't want to be like the, the representative of the person who reminds people to be responsible uh, because like I know that that makes me a really big target and I'm scared of social scrutiny. Like I have yeah. a lot of social anxiety. Like you um, don't necessarily have why, all the, uh, I the do a press podcast on my own. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But, but like I, I finally did it. I was like, I've had enough. Like this dude is literally getting me from behind. And like a couple of days ago, there was a government saying, hey, like, a hundred thousand people are, have died, and we're so sorry. And like, it, I, I it kind of instilled this somber God, slash angry mood awful. in me because like, you're not sorry. If you were sorry, you would have done something about it. But you decided not to. You know, eat out to help out and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so yeah, I, I turned around and I was like, hey, keep two meters. And uh, I started loading my stuff on the conveyor belt, and uh, I felt him bump me again. And so I turned around and I'm like, dude, two meters. And I, I looked this this piece of crap in his <laughs> baby blue eyes i remember yeah. his eye color for some reason that's uh, i looked this piece of crap in his, his baby blue eyes yeah and he backed off and i started loading my stuff on the conveyor belt again and then like 15 seconds later and just so you know this was like 15 real seconds this wasn't like a couple of moments later this was like the time between now what are you still there Hello? And now, where uh, <laughs> he, like, 15 seconds later, like, 15 yeah. real-world seconds later, he was like, what, you're going to get out tape measure? But, like, he said it so quietly. Like, I, I wasn't sure if he was trying to say it to himself, like, in his brain so that he could feel like he came up with a clever retort or if he was just trying to, like, say it out loud and start a confrontation and he just like couldn't decide which one he wanted to do so he like went for something in the middle and like for starters not even a clever comeback right no it's like the stock comeback that like people would that that's that's like, not that's clever the stuff you no, see on the, it's, on the it's literally came out like from a can it's the stuff you see on covid denier facebook posts or something like that <laughs> so like not only yeah. can he not come back with an original comeback but it takes him 15 seconds and keep in mind, he's, like, British. This is the company that prides themselves on Country. having a sense of humor. This is the company that, like, for three Country years, every expensive. time I said something wasn't funny, people just assumed that I wasn't, like, clever enough to understand it because I'm American, and they, they got this British sense of humor. And maybe maybe this anecdote has less to do with the actual confrontation and more to do with, like, my <laughs> own social anxieties and the anger I feel towards 
uh, people for treating me poorly as an expatriate. But, like, I was just so, like, this is what I was afraid of. Like, this is what I spent 11 months not confronting because I was too scared of, you know, the the social recompense that would follow if I were to actually say something about the injustices that I am being treated. Somebody would say something. Like, somebody would mumble something to me, like, 15 seconds after the fact, and it wouldn't even be that good. Like, are you serious? It's, it, I felt like I, such an idiot you, you at are that an moment. Idiot, for like, I guess. that's that's what I was scared of, and it was ridiculous. So, what does this have to do with warrior cats? Well, I mean, you're me from the future. You already know where I'm going with this story, well, right? Yeah, but I want you to be the one who says it. You're the one who already, you know, went on to all the trouble of telling that story and going out on this limb. Oh, thanks. Um, so my 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 point is like, when you don't have that kind of build up. Or when, rather, when you have, like, the wrong kind of build-up, the payoff doesn't feel great, and you just feel like kind of an idiot for expecting something worse. And this mm-hmm. is kind of what we're facing now as we approach the final book, and our main antagonist is basically only Hawk Frost. Like, yeah. we're expecting something more important to happen. We've been getting this, uh, you know, this prophecy from, like, you know, a few books now where it's like, uh, blood will spill blood, the, the lake will run red. But, like, the fact of the matter is, we don't really have, like, some big scary antagonist. All we have is Hawkfrost taking evil lessons from Tigerstar. Yeah. And Brambleclaw, who we already know is trying to be a good guy, or at least the book thinks that we think he's a good guy. So, you know, we're not particularly fussed about it. And, like, at the last moment, this is, like, the chance, this is the big chance that book five has to make the ending of the this uh, sequel trilogy, or... Sextology, uh, yeah, sextology, I think for six is uh, the the best that they can offer is Stormfur and Brook. Like at the literally like the last sentence, they're like, oh yeah, Stormfur and Brook are here too. Like Mm. really? Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel like an idiot. And books shouldn't make you feel like an idiot for expecting more out of them, which I guess is one of the biggest failings of the new prophecy in general. Yeah. Um, as sad as that is to say, yeah. But it looks like we're out of time, so uh, we're just going to have to talk about it more in the next episode, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we will. Um, the next episode will be, uh, based on the, the final book of The New Prophecy, which is like Dawn or something like that, and, uh, we're having some old friends back on the call to, uh, talk about it and um i don't think future spencer will be there but uh in the interim thank you so much future spencer for joining us for these two episodes of four trees uh you've been a pleasure to have um four trees is recorded in front of a live studio audience here at druid's hollow studios in bristol our theme was composed and performed by spencer chopin grant and mixed by alex turner our graphics and 3D assets were designed by Spencer Diablo Grant, and our editor is Spencer Pagliati Granta. The Warrior Cat series is written by Aaron Hunter and distributed by Harper Collins. Please support the official release. You can find us at the web at spencergrant.co.uk slash fortrees or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find our YouTube uploads with auto-generated subtitles and audio visualizations at youtube.com slash spencergrant. Again, I've been Spencer, and uh, he was also Spencer, and you've been beautiful, so bye!